We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to the Bear Report Podcast with Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears for the Bear Report website. The podcast is powered by Overtime Media. Now, here's Zach and Aaron. Welcome in, Bears fans. It is week 15 of the NFL season. We have a rivalry game, a showdown with the Bears rivals from up north as Chicago heads to Green Bay this week to take on the Green Bay Packers. The Bears 7-6 and on the outside looking in on the playoff hunt. The Packers, meanwhile, on top of the division right now, the NFC North, they are 10-3, and looking to keep their win streak going. But Chicago will enter the game here. Um, winners of their last three and winners of their last four out of five games as they hope to keep their playoff hopes alive. This is the Bear Report Podcast. I am your host, Zach Pearson. I'm usually joined by Aaron Lemming, my co-host, but Aaron has uh, some difficulties with his computer tonight. He'll be back next week as we hopefully recap a Bears win and then preview the Kansas City Chiefs game in primetime for next Sunday night. However, on this show, we're going to get you ready for Bears-Packers. We're going to talk a little bit about the Bears and Cowboys game from Week 14 on Thursday night. Um, the Bears beating Dallas in that 131-24, but the, the score was not um, as close as it should have been as the Cowboys kind of got some garbage time points at the end. I'll be joined by Ryan Schlipp of the Packernet Podcast on Overtime Media to kind of get you prepared for the Bears-Packers game. He's a guy we've had on this podcast before. I've joined his podcast also, and... Um, it's usually just great back and forth, even though, you know, we don't like the Packers. The Packers don't like the Bears. He's a good guy. He gets some good insight on the Packers and where they're at right now. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that game. I also want to get into a little bit of the playoff scenarios and some injury news um, regarding the Bears. So let's actually kind of get into that right now. Last Thursday, we really, you know, when we did the podcast, we kind of knew there were some injuries that popped up. We knew the Bears weren't going to get Akeem Hicks back because he wasn't eligible to come back until this week. He did practice, however, um, last week, the first time he could practice ahead of his elbow injury he suffered in Week 5. And uh, the kind of the key injury was Prince of Mukamura missed the game with the hamstring um, issue. Kevin Tolliver filled in nicely and, and played very well for him as the Bears really limited the Cowboys' passing attack. 
However, the biggest injury right now surrounding the Chicago Bears is at the middle linebacker position. They've been without Danny Trevath in the past couple weeks. Um, he's been dealing with an injury, and filling in has been Nick Kukowski alongside Roquan Smith. And Roquan Smith has been playing very well, but unfortunately on the first series, Smith did suffer a torn pectoral muscle. Uh, he finished out the drive. However, he had to miss the rest of the game, and now we found out that uh, Smith will be going on IR He's been placed on injured reserve, opening up a roster spot for the Bear for the Bears, uh, which will likely be taken up by Akeem Hicks. That's a significant loss because Smith was playing very well over the past couple weeks. He had a game against the Lions at Thanksgiving. He had 16 tackles, two sacks um, against the Rams. He had 13 tackles, I believe, an interception. He's been playing very, very well, and losing Smith it, it is big for the, the rest of the season because if the Bears are to make the playoffs somehow and, and go on a run, you know, you'd like to have your second-year rookie linebacker, or your second-year linebacker, I'm sorry, he's not a rookie anymore, your second-year linebacker you took in the first round ready to play. However, not all hope is lost because veteran Kevin Pierre-Lewis um, came in and he filled in very nicely for the Bears and taking over for Roquan Smith alongside Nick Kukowski. Kukowski finished the game with 10 total tackles, um, and Pierre-Lewis... You know, finished with five total tackles in the game, but both were very stout and covered. I think there was one play early on where KPL was kind of fooled on a little play action. But after that, man, him and Kwiatkowski looked like seasoned veterans out there. They look like starting linebackers, which just talks to the depth the Bears have at the position. Something that Ryan Pace has been able to do with, you know, drafting Kwiatkowski a couple years ago, bringing in KPL um, essentially off the street this year. You know, he wasn't on a team when the Bears signed him, and he earned his way onto the roster with a nice preseason, a nice training camp. And now he's going to see significant time, depending on when Danny Trevathan comes back. It doesn't look like Trevathan will be back this week, um, but if Danny Trevathan is able to come back sometime soon for the final couple of games and maybe even a playoff run, I'd imagine the Bears would go with Trevathan and Kwiatkowski on the inside. But KPL providing a lot of depth at the middle linebacker position. We talked about Kevin Tolliver. He played very well. He gave up a long touchdown to Amari Cooper in the fourth quarter. That was a heck of a throw by Dak Prescott and a heck of a catch by Amari Cooper. Not really much that Kevin Tolliver in his second year could have really done. But we saw him play some you know meaningful snaps for the first time all season. He got into the game against the Broncos in week two. Last season he was in the game early. I think it was week two or three against Arizona. He also played late in the year a little bit. But he's filled in well. And then up the middle, of course, you know, Nick Williams has played well in the absence of um, Akeem Hicks. But now the Bears might be getting Akeem Hicks back. All indications are that Hicks will be activated off IR sometime um, this week ahead of the Green Bay game. And we talked to Packers coach Matt LaFleur today at Hallis Hall, as you know, I record this on a Wednesday night. And the Packers are preparing for Akeem Hicks to play in that game, it would just completely shock me if Hicks didn't play. He actually spoke to the media on Monday. He sounded very eager and anxious to get out there. This is a guy who's been busting his ass, been, you know, getting the rehab done, been with the team in meetings, taking advantage of his time off to get his mind right, get, still get into that football shape. And it looks like he will be back, which is a huge boost for the Bears' defense, especially up the middle when you're going to have, you know, KPL and Nikolkowski playing at the middle linebacker position. I know I just praised both of them, but you'd re- I mean, obviously you'd rather have Danny Trevathan and Roquan Smith, but now you get that extra help with that pass rush. It's going to free up a lot of things for guys like Leonard Floyd, Khalil Mack, um, Eddie Goldman, Roy Robertson-Harris, if he can go. Bilal Nichols, even Nick Williams, the Bears defense gets a big boost on that front seven. 
And it very well could be a big difference maker because we've seen teams run on the Bears up the middle, and that's where Hicks normally plays. And ever since he's been out, you know, Josh Jacobs did it. Um, Latavius Murray did it for the Saints. Melvin Gordon found a little success up the middle. Um, even at times, Ezekiel Elliott still finished the game, I believe, with 97 yards. So at times, he had a, some success in that game against the Cowboys. And, you know, just missing Akeem Hicks, was it was just brutal for the Bears. But looks like they're going to get him back in, in just in the nick of time as the Bears are riding that three-game win streak. Speaking of that three-game win streak, you know, looking back at that game against the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday night, uh, to be honest, I was a little a little nervous. I thought this was a game that, you know, the Bears very well could have lost. And looking at that first drive, the Cowboys won the coin toss. They wanted the ball, and we kind of saw why. They, they put together a 75-yard drive, 17 plays, and capped it off with a touchdown run by Ezekiel Elliott. They converted, I believe, three or four third, down, third downs on that drive. Dak Prescott was money. They had three through the air. I believe they had one on the ground. And the Cowboys just looking efficient. They look the best they've looked essentially all season long. And then the Bears get the ball on their next possession, their opening drive. They move the football, and you're kind of like, okay, you know, maybe, hey, maybe they the Bears got something here. And then Mitchell Trubisky makes one of those throws that we're just too accustomed to seeing. Just an awful, awful throw by the quarterback um, as he's picked off in the red zone, taking points essentially off the board for the Bears. But then things get interesting. The Cowboys are kind of pinned back. The Bears' defense forces a three and out. They have to punt. And from there, it was all Bears in that one. When they fell behind 7-0 early on, the Bears scored the next 24 points of the game to take a 24-7 lead. Trubisky led them on four straight scoring drives. He had two touchdowns to Allen Robinson, um, including one with 10 seconds left before half. And then they opened up the second half again, with a 14-yard touchdown pass to Anthony Miller on a on a drive that took up you know six minutes and 42 seconds. Those 11 plays went 84 yards. The Bears looked like an efficient offense. They were getting it done. The defense was playing at a very high level, and this is what you wanted to see from the Bears. You know this season. This is the offense we thought we were going to see from the Bears going into the year, and and for whatever reason we didn't see it because they looked, looked very very bad you know, over the first couple weeks of the season. Now, lately, yeah, you could say, yeah, they've played the Detroit Lions twice. They, they've they played the um, New York Giants. Cowboys defense isn't bad. Cowboys defense is actually pretty good. And to see Mitchell Trubisky kind of, I don't want to say carve him up, but, I mean, essentially carved him up. 23 of 31, 244 yards, three touchdowns, a rating of 115.5. Very refreshing to see, and very refreshing to see Anthony Miller continue to, to get on a roll here at three receptions, 42 yards, and this one a touchdown. But ever since that Rams game in primetime, Miller's just been on another level, and, and he's been a big asset to the asset to the Bears' offense as a receiver in his second year. You know, last season he had a big year, scored maybe six or seven touchdowns, and I felt like the Bears left a couple touchdowns on the field for him. This year, I mean, Miller's really struggled. He even admitted it. You know, he, he said he didn't play much earlier in the year. For whatever reason, didn't get that you know opportunity, but now he's kind of just put it together and, and has been a guy that the Bears have looked at, especially recently, you know, adding to the wide receiver core. And a lot of it, you know, Taylor Gabriel's been out with a concussion, so Miller has been playing more. He's been been getting on more um, reps and, and getting more snaps out there, and he's fully taken advantage. And that's what you like to see out of a young player in Anthony Miller. 
I mean, overall, this game was just fantastic. Like I said, I mean, the Bears were up 31 or 24-17. Cowboys got a two-yard run by Ezekiel Elliott to kind of pull within 24-14. Um, and, and the Bears were kind of, you know, I say, hey, you got to respond here in the fourth quarter. And Mitchell Trubisky did respond. He had a 23-yard touchdown run that kind of, you know, put the put the Bears up for good there, extended the lead. The Cowboys really couldn't come back. They had some garbage time at the end with an Amari Cooper 19-yard touchdown pass. And then a Brent Maurer 31-yard field goal was no longer a member of the Cowboys. He was actually cut after an awful game against the Bears in which he missed a field goal and had a um, illegal kick out of bounds that set the Bears up with great field position there to open up the, uh, the the second half. So overall, yeah, I mean, the Bears, great game from them. Let's see if they can keep this momentum riding into Green Bay and and, and hopefully get some help. If they can get some help, you know, they, they got some help in Week 13. All the teams they needed to lose, including Minnesota, lost. Uh, the Rams did win. The Rams also won in Week 14. But look, overall, last week in Week 14, the Bears essentially got no help at all from anyone with the Vikings and Seahawks. or Yeah, the Vikings and Rams both winning. The Rams actually beat the Seahawks on Sunday Night Football um, in L.A., which was a little surprising to me because I thought the, the Seahawks would take care of them, do the Bears a little favor. But um, kind of break it down, the Bears do need to win out, essentially. They need to win their next three against Green Bay, Kansas City, and Minnesota. They're going to need some help. They need Minnesota to at least lose two. They have the Chargers this week and the Packers. Um in week 16, and then they also close out their season with the Bears, which, you know, the Bears are going to have to win their next two and make that game essentially matter. The Rams have um, a little bit of an easier schedule. They still have the 49ers. They have the Cowboys this week, 49ers the week after, and the Cardinals. So if the Cow- if the Rams win this week against the Cowboys, and even if the Bears do win, they're still a game behind it, but the Rams do have the tiebreaker. It's going to be very tough for me to see the the Cardinals beating the Rams at the end of the season, especially after the Rams just handled them the other night uh, or a couple weeks ago. Um, I don't know where that game was at, but I mean it was it wasn't even close. So, got to be rooting for the Bears this weekend. Obviously, got to be rooting for the LA Chargers at 3:05 kickoff. Got to be rooting for the Dallas Cowboys, who will be hosting the Los Angeles Rams. Everything goes the Bears' way. They'll be within striking distance. And also, this game has implications on Week 15 or Week 16 against the Kansas City Chiefs because that's a 7:25 start at Soldier Field. There was a report that the NFL is going to exercise a six-day window. They could flex the Saints and Titans into that window instead. Um, so that will have some impact. You know, it's a busy time around the holidays. They'll have some impact this week um, on what NBC does want to do with the game uh we're actually going to get into our interview now let's preview the green bay packers once again it's um you know we have a special guest here it's ryan slip of the packer net podcast he does a great job over there it's also part of the overtime media network great conversation talking bears packers i'll be back after that to give you my prediction um kind of my x factor on the game and who i think is going to win and then we'll wrap up the show um and hopefully be back next week with a recap of a Bears win. Before we get into the interview, though, i got to remind you about Vivid Seats. If you're going trying to go to that Bears-Chiefs game, maybe you're trying to go up to Lambeau. It's going to be cold. Maybe you want to see a Bears-Packers game on the road. Vivid Seats is your top source for tickets. You can search by price. You can search by the seats. Vivid Seats has it all for you. 
when you do go to Vivid Seats and make your first purchase, they're going to automatically enroll you into a loyalty program that allows fans to earn some credit back. Every time you purchase, you'll get some credit. You can apply that to tickets. It's called the Vivid Seats Awards. You're automatically enrolled when you create your account and make your first purchase. All you have to do is go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program that will earn you some points towards future purchases. Every purchase on Vivid Seats is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. If you're a big fan of concerts, theaters, sports, whatever, the hottest shows out there right now, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app. And because we like you so much here on the Bear Report Podcast, we have a special, special promotion for you. When you go to Vivid Seats and it's time to buy, make sure you enter the code OVERTIME. That's O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E at checkout, and you'll receive a discount up to $100 on your first purchase. Once again, that's code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. Use it, save some money, get enrolled into that program. Go see the Bears, go see the Bulls, go see the Blackhawks. Um, If you want to go see a show, go see a show, buy some tickets for Christmas. Vivid Seats has you covered. Make sure to go check them out and use that promo code OVERTIME. The Old West is an iconic period of American history. I'm Chris Wimmer. Join me on the Legends of the Old West podcast to hear the true stories of lawmen like Wyatt Earp, Bass Reeves, and the Texas Rangers, outlaws like Jesse James and Butch and Sundance, and Native American battles of the Lakota, Comanche, and Apache. We use cinematic storytelling and sound design to bring these stories and many more to life. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. And now joining me here on the Bear Report Podcast, the host of the Packernet Podcast, also on Overtime Media, it's Ryan Schlipp. He's been a guest before. We've talked, chatted up about the Bears and Packers. They meet once again here in Week 15. Ryan, thanks for joining me, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So 200th meeting between these two teams. Um, rivals, we know how it goes. Packers got the bear, best of the Bears in Week 1. Um, Green Bay will enter this game at 10-3, first in the NFC North, pretty much locking up a playoff spot. Um, something bizarre would have to happen for them not to get in. The Bears, on the other hand, 7-6, and six, third in the NFC North. They need a lot of help. They need the Vikings to lose. Actually, the Packers also need the Vikings to lose, so we kind of have a common rooting interest after our game is over with. Um, what's kind of been the mindset around the Packers this so far this season? You know, a lot of people, they thought they'd be better than last year. I can't say myself. I didn't think they'd be ten and three at this point. Um, maybe I kind of screwed that prediction up. What's kind of the mindset around this team and, and the talk around this team going into this matchup? Well, very few people I think could honestly say they thought the Packers would be ten and three. Um, you know, I think there were a lot of questions going into the year. I think even twenty eighteen there were still some unresolved questions, but we thought at this point in the year we'd have some answers. But I don't know how many answers we have. You know, last time when the Packers and Bears played, it was week one. And the feeling was, man, this defense looks really good, but the offense, not great. As the year went on, the offense started clicking, the defense started to fall apart. And now they're in this weird little zone where, you know, occasionally the defense shows up and then sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes the offense looks great and sometimes it doesn't. So we're all just kind of sitting around on one hand saying, this is a 10-3 and team that can beat anybody and has a chance in Matt LaFleur's first year to actually have a Super Bowl run. And on the other hand, looking at it going, I don't feel confident about anything. I don't know if we're going to beat the Bears. I don't know if we can beat the Lions at the end of the season. So 
lots and lots of questions. It's really just a matter of are they going to show up? Yeah, I kind of look at the Packers' losses, you know, kind of coming into this game. Obviously, the San Francisco won. San Francisco's a really damn good team. You look, though, they've lost. They were pretty much dominated by the Chargers, but that's going out to the West Coast. The Packers haven't had much success over the last couple years. The Eagles game was kind of a weird one because I don't really think the Eagles are a good team. I think both the Bears and Packers should have beat the Eagles. Now, you're at 10-3, and and I think you kind of hit on the head with your last answer, but do you think this team is legit Super Bowl contender as it stands right now, and how important for – is it for the Packers, you know, to have home field advantage? Obviously, it is important for every team to have home field advantage. You don't want to go to Lambeau in the cold, anything like that. But, I mean, is it kind of like, uh, as weird as it sounds, maybe extra important knowing, hey, we have to get a pl- home playoff game rather than playing week, you know, the first round of the playoffs and maybe getting matched up against the Rams, Vikings, or if everything falls into place for the Bears, the Bears? Yeah, I mean, 100%. Um, you know, the – to answer the first part of your question, are they legit Super Bowl contenders? I, I think they have the attributes of a Super Bowl contender, but there's still those hangover things coming from 2018. The, you know, what's going on with Aaron Rodgers missing throws and, and the offense just not quite clicking at times. And you can't have those kinds of inconsistencies and make it through the playoffs. Um, as far as the home field advantage thing, you know, obviously the Packers play really well at home. Most teams do, but I think the Packers especially. But also there's the aspect of if you don't have home field advantage, you're going to go to play the 49ers or you're going to go to the West Coast to play Seattle or some other team or Minnesota. You don't want to go to Minnesota either. So it's one of those things where at home. Yeah, I mean, if, if they can go all the way, play at home, you know, somehow, some way, every single game until the Super Bowl, they got a real good shot. If they're on the road right away, I don't think they stand very much of a chance of, of making it to uh, Super Bowl. I haven't really caught a lot of the Packers games. Uh, I did watch week one, obviously. I watched the Eagles one. The recent one I watched, just because the Bears were off, was was that Redskins game. And I looked at it, and I took I actually took Green Bay in my survivor pool. They won. Thank God I'm alive. However, it, it seemed kind of very sloppy from the Packers, and especially Aaron Rodgers. Kind of looking back at that tape, I don't want to say he had probably had an awful, awful, awful game. They still won. I mean, he, he was still fine. But to me, correct me if I'm wrong here, to me, it kind of seemed like he was missing some easy throws. And he probably should have had at least two or three more touchdowns. What you kind of see when looking back at that game? Yeah, I mean, it, if you just listen to the locker room um, interviews that happened afterward, pretty much everybody on the team, including the head coach, said that wasn't good enough. So, you know, on one hand, it's like, okay, it's a bunch of spoiled Packer fans and all this stuff, but there's a legitimate problem, and I think everybody saw it. I mean, they saw it against the Chargers, but the thought was, okay, you know, they they were a little too cocky, West Coast, you know, that was like a trap game kind of thing. But then it happened against the 49ers, and then even the Giants, I mean, that's 31-13, but there was a little bit of, like, I don't know, something wasn't right. And then against Washington, you could just, again, it's just a rhythm. There was no rhythm you know, something was always going wrong. Guys aren't getting open. Guys don't know the routes they're running. Rogers missing passes. Timing is off. Everything. So it, it's just off. And they, they got to be able to, you know, this late in the season, you got to find that rhythm. You got to be able to get into that rhythm because whether it's the Bears, the Vikings, the Lions or whoever, teams are starting to find their, their groove like the Bears. And, um, you know, if, if you're going to beat a team like that, you, you can't be just making dumb mistakes. Otherwise, you're not going to beat much more than the Giants or the Redskins. 
Yeah, you look at Rodgers' stats this year. I mean, it's it's almost classic Aaron Rodgers. 23 touchdowns, two interceptions, mm-hmm. 102 quarterback rating. The guy just doesn't throw interceptions. You can say he throws the ball away a lot. I Whatever. He still th- makes throws. He still makes touchdown passes. What has Matt LaFleur done so well um, for Aaron Rodgers that maybe Mike McCarthy just couldn't figure out over the last couple of years in Green Bay? Yeah, well, I mean, he's done an unbelievable job with the locker room. 2018 was was very problematic, not just between McCarthy and Rodgers, but, I mean, there was no camaraderie. There was a lot of, you know, complaining, and, you know, you could just tell there was no smiling even on the sideline. And the amount of fun these guys are having is really, really awesome. So the buy-in from Aaron Rodgers is there. I think he's, the scheme is doing a really good job as far as guys getting open. Um, I, I don't, again, I don't exactly know what is what is off all the time, but it's definitely working, and, and they, they can work through it. A lot of times even, you know, if you went back and watched it, you probably saw there were guys open at times in Rodgers. Either he missed it or, you know, an offensive lineman blew an assignment. It's just little stuff like that. But the, the fundamental things are there to where guys are getting open. It's not a stale thing like Mike McCarthy where it's just the offense doesn't work. The offense does work, and I think Aaron Rodgers believes in it and buys into it. It's just a matter of we got to kind of get into that rhythm. So it's, it's more, you know, execution, getting to that rhythm, you know, making sure everything's perfect in the game plan. And I, I kind of want to flip over to the defensive side of the football. Now, we saw week one what they what the Packers were able to do, what Mike Pettin was able to do, Mitchell Trubisky, this Bears offense. Um, you know, Matt Nagy really didn't do himself any, any favors rushing the ball. I think it was like 11 and 12 times in what was a one-score game the entire way. You know, the, the Packers have, have the Smith brothers on the outside – They've been phenomenal this year from what I've seen. Now, talking to other people and watching around, it seems like the Packers' defense has kind of dipped off a bit, and then maybe there's some holes in the secondary and quarterbacks maybe they'll throw on them. What have you seen over the last couple of weeks um, from that Packers' defense? Is there anything that kind of worries you heading into this matchup and then maybe the last three games of the season into the playoffs? I think, once again, it's just the inconsistency. I mean, Zadarius has been just nonstop. I mean, he's having legitimately a, a – a historic year. If you look at things like pressure percentage, he's getting to the quarterback about 17 and a half percent of the time, which to put that in context, uh, Khalil Mack's best year ever was 16%. So it's, it's unbelievable what Zadarius is doing this year, but um, Zadarius against the run is iffy. Kenny Clark is having kind of a rough year, especially against the run. Preston is on and off. Um, you know, Amos has been really, really solid, but sometimes he's not great. Jair, sometimes he is a lockdown corner. Other days he's given up 200 yards in a game. I mean, so it's, you just, again, you never know what you're getting. And if these guys could just pull together and play their best, or at least not terrible for a game, you know, one guy completely falling off, it's a good defense, but you just continually have these lapses. And I don't know what it's going to take to get them to kind of harden up, toughen up, and to just play four quarters and and to play two games back to back or whatever. But that's what they're going to have to do. Because again, when you get into the playoffs, you can't have this kind of inconsistency. You got to know what you are. You got to play to your identity. You got to play hard. You got to play four quarters, or you're not going to get into a Super Bowl. So they got to figure out what that is. So if you're Matt Nagy, how are you kind of scheming? What do you what, what do you think Matt Nagy would be smart to do to kind of attack this defense and and put together a you know a, a game plan that should lead to success for the Bears and Mitchell Trubisky? Well, I, I think actually it's it. The two things that come to mind are things that I actually think Mitch Trubisky can do. The, the the first thing, obviously, is get the ball out quick. And everybody knows as far as like the dink and dunk, which isn't just a Trubisky thing. I think modern offenses do that a lot. 
but you're going to want to get the ball out quick because Zadarius is coming. And Kenny Clark, despite his troubles, is really coming on strong as a pass rusher. Preston is there. Kyler Fackrell is actually pretty solid at it. They're going to get there quick. You better get the ball out. On the other hand, however, you look at guys like Kevin King and Jair, as good as they are, they're very, 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 very susceptible. The defense in general, very susceptible to big plays. So an offense that generally is dink and dunk and move the sticks and all this and kind of builds up to that one big play, the Packers are very susceptible to it. So be patient, kind of move the sticks and wait for that opportunity for the big play, and the Packers will give you that big play. I imagine we're going to see most of the same from Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense. Maybe kind of get the ball out quick, let Rodgers do his thing. Um, what, what what do you expect from the Packers offense matching up against this Bears defense, especially you know when they're getting Akeem Hicks back? They'll be kind of weak over the middle with uh, Kevin Pierre-Lewis and uh, Nick Kutkowski filling in for Trevathan or Smith. But uh, what do you see the Packers attacking the Bears defense? Well, they're going to try to establish the run. That's going to be a big thing to get that going. But I think the Bears are going to try to load up the box to take away Aaron Jones, maybe bring a little extra attention over to Devontae. It's going to be up to the Packers to be able to get somebody else to step up. And and when the Packers are doing a good job, it's when they can find somebody else, whether it's Jimmy Graham, Alan Lazard, somebody needs to step up and and punish teams for basically saying, we're going to take away Devontae and Aaron Jones and dare you to do something else. They have to be able to do something else. If they can't, especially against the Bears defense, they're in trouble. Otherwise, you get what they had against Washington, where you just hope that Aaron Jones can break free for almost 200 yards because there's nothing else. So they're going to try to run the ball. If they can't do that, they really need to find somebody else, whether it's, again, Jimmy Graham, Alan Lazard, somebody to step up and play that number two role because they're going to be paying a lot of attention to Devontae Adams. I am so glad you brought that up because it feels like you know, every time you watch the Packers or or, or anyone talks about the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, it's kind of been, okay, they got um, Devontae Adams. He's their number one guy. Tight end, Jimmy Graham. I mean, okay, he's he's Jimmy Graham, but he's not really that yeah. good in my eyes. Uh, I, I don't, he's not. Okay, you agree with me there. <laughs> yeah. um, I love Aaron Jones, fantastic player. I was shocked that Mike McCarthy couldn't figure out ways how to get him the ball more right. over the last couple of years. They got Jamal Williams. Who the heck is stepping up as their number two wide receiver and you know even if it is stepping up as our number two wide receiver is it serviceable moving forward in the future Rodgers will have more targets or is it pretty much just try to get the ball to Devonta Adams and maybe a rotation of guys just kind of stepping up well that's what they've been doing is just a rotation because yeah moving forward they, they have to do something better it has to be addressed um, but they've just been fortunate enough that there have been guys there's there's enough guys there there's enough bodies that if they just keep trying to focus on someone else, somebody's having a big day. And usually they, they can find that one guy that's just kind of on fire and they just keep hammering it, whether it's a mismatch with the defense or whatever, and they're able to manipulate the defense. But there are times, you know, like last week, where just nobody's really clicking. They tried to get Jimmy going. That wasn't really working. So it's kind of halfway working with the rotation thing. But, yeah, they going forward, they're going to have to figure out something else because it's just not good enough. Before we kind of wrap things up here, I got to ask you, I, I've, I, a rivalry aside, you know, personal feelings for the Bears and Packers aside, how is kind of the mood from Packers fans, maybe even yourself, going into this matchup? I'm sure, you know, maybe week seven, eight, nine, you guys are probably thinking, oh, we're going to blow the Bears out completely out the water. Now that the Bears have won three straight, four out of five, they're fighting for their playoff lives. Trubisky, believe it or not, has actually played a lot better in the last couple of games. Looks like an NFL quarterback, finally. The offense that we thought we were going to get. 
was kind of the general mood around, you know, Packers fans, uh, reporters, writers, bloggers about this matchup with the Bears. I would almost say if you just go back one week ago, it would have we would have been a lot more confident. I I I would say probably around 50-50 in terms of, you know, who's going to win, which which is like you said, it's saying a lot because pretty much for the entirety of the year, this game was something you don't even look at on the calendar. It's all about the Vikings, the Bears and the Lions are just that's not even don't even need to worry about it. But you take the the you know, the struggles with the offense, the concern that maybe defenses are figuring out the offense. Is that the problem, which is a very big problem, especially going up against the Bears, who have a better defense than the Giants and the Redskins, obviously. And then, like you said, the, the Bears, who they're ascending, they're kind of figuring it out. Trubisky getting better is the biggest fear. Last time we talked, that was the number one thing I said. This Bears team is, you know, it's going to make or break depending on what Trubisky does and him getting better. That's my biggest fear. But also, I kind of respect the way Trubisky did it. You know, the guy was getting mocked. I was participating in it. I'm not proud of it, but I did it. Making fun of the guy pretty much all year because it was so terrible. But he just kept his head down. He said, I don't want to hear it. I don't want these guys listening to it. We're going to keep grinding. We're going to keep going. And he kept his head down. And now they're kind of coming out of it. And that commands respect from the locker room. And I can just kind of feel this sort of energy from the Bears to where they believe in themselves. They believe that they can run the table. And you got a very motivated team that really wants to beat the Packers and this Packers team that just got done doing locker room interviews, pouting about this wasn't good enough. We got to figure it out. The the energy going into the game, going the exact opposite direction for these two teams. And it doesn't make me feel super confident. Now, which team is better? I would say it's the Packers. But, you know, I don't like the trajectory of the way things are going. Yeah, I mean, obviously, anytime you have Aaron Rodgers, I think, you know, the Packers are going to be in every game. They're going to have a chance to win. Uh, it's scary, you know, being a Bears fan, covering the team, it's like, yeah, you still have that bad man over there at quarterback number 12. I mean, we saw week one last year, everyone thought the Packers were dead in the water and Rodgers left the game, came back, um, <clears throat> led them to a victory. Rest is history. And, and, and you're also right about the whole Trubisky thing because, you know, being there, when he had that quote about, oh, we're going to shut off the TVs, I think everyone took that literally. Like he was trying to go around shutting off the TVs. Yeah. Was not like that at all. It was more of like, oh, we just got to block out the noise. You know, obviously, I like to think the guy's smarter than walking around trying to turn off TVs. Right. But I, but I think you're right. And I think, you know, a, a big reason is we saw it on national TV where, you know, he had that knee injury, supposedly, and, you know, Matt Nagy kind of took him out the game and everyone was mocking that. But it would have been easy for him to kind of fold. Right. Um, and it said the Bears have kind of rallied around him and they're playing a lot better. So we'll see. Uh, you want to give me a score prediction and maybe your X factor for the game? Um, score, the, the magic number, it seems like, for the Packers has been 24 so I'm going to say is somewhere around 24-20 Packers win. Um, the X factor or, or the, the biggest thing, I guess, for me going in is going to be Aaron Rodgers. The, you know, the, the San Francisco 49ers game, if you look at pro football focus, they said that was his worst game ever since he's been a starter. This last game against Washington was about his worst game that they've graded him in, I don't know, two to three years. So obviously there's a correlation between him playing well and, and winning. Um, if he's off, like he has been two out of the last three weeks, it's, it's over. If he's on, I think the Packers win this kind of walking away. So he's going to be the biggest thing in this game. See, I had it as a close game as well. Um, I did have the, um, the bears. I, I think I'm pretty sure I picked the bears, but I did have Mitchell Trubisky as, uh, my X factor. So right. we'll see, we'll see how it goes, Ryan. Thanks again for joining me. Um, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at and, uh, read or listen to your work? 
Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter, Pack underscore Daddy. Our website is Packernet.com. It's a news aggregator, so any Packers news that you want to get some quick hits on, that's a great resource for that. And then the uh, the podcast is daily. I'm actually up to twice daily because I just don't have a life. Um, <laughs> is uh, the Packernet podcast. I don't know how you do it daily, man, or, <laughs> or twice daily. That's ooh, that's something, man. Appreciate you joining the show again. We'll have to do it in the off season. Um, you know, hopefully January, February kind of recap the season and maybe preview free agency for the NFC North. Definitely. I look forward to it. Welcome back into the bear report podcast. That was our interview with Ryan Schlipp of the bear of the Packer net podcast. I'm sorry, not bear net podcast, the Packer net podcast, some good stuff on the bears upcoming opponent, the 10 and three green Bay Packers as Chicago goes up to Lambeau at seven and six, trying to keep their slim playoff hopes alive. Um, maybe, Spoil uh, a number one seed or number two seed for the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs. You heard his thoughts on the game, the Packers season so far, what to expect. He even give you some insight on the Bears. Now I'm here to wrap things up for uh, our end here on the Bear Report Podcast. I'm going to give you my prediction and my X Factor. I've been on the Bears train lately. I, uh, you know, they 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 got the three straight wins. They beat the the Lions. Um, they beat the Giants and not, and then they beat the Dallas Cowboys and won four out of five. We've mentioned that before. I think this team's starting to click at the right time. However, it's Green Bay and it is that bad man Aaron Rodgers once again. It, this one's tough for me to predict. I think, I, like I said, I do think the Bears are clicking. I think they're on a roll. I think they're going to keep their slim playoff hopes alive. Two hundredth meeting between these two teams. 197 in the regular season, two in the postseason. Green Bay owns the edge. 95, 98, 95. And six, two teams did split the season series last year. For my prediction on this one, I think I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going to take the Bears. I think it's going to be um, a close one. Obviously, I think the Bears defense will be ready to play. They're they're fired up. They know what happened. They knew what happened week one. They were there. They don't want to let that happen again. It's time for some revenge. We heard Eddie Jackson talk about. It. We've heard Anthony Miller now talk about it to the media. They're not going to let that happen again. I think this team is focused. I think they are. As focused as they've been in a long time, they know their playoff chance hopes are on the line. And not even that. I mean, even if they don't make the playoffs, to kind of finish strong and show, hey, going into next season, we face some adversity. This is what we can do. We can come back. We know we're a good team. I'm going to look for Clomac to have a big game. I'm going to go Bears 23, Packers 22. I'll go Eddie Pinero gets a gets a last second field goal. Chicago pulls off the shocker, keeps her playoff hopes alive, goes to eight and six, and hopefully, 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 hopefully gets some help from the Dallas Cowboys and Los Angeles Chargers. My X factor, I'm gonna go with Mitchell Trubisky. He had a big game against the, against the Dallas Cowboys. Gotta continue it, Mitch. You had the Packers after week one say they wanted to make Mitchell Trubisky play quarterback. That's what he did, and it worked out for them. That can't happen again. The Bears have to get it done. Trubisky has to get it done. I could see a nice day for him. I'm going to say over 225 passing yards. Two touchdowns. I'll say Anthony Miller gets a touchdown. Bears offense is efficient. They're moving the ball. Matt Nagy calls a good game. Defense comes up big. Um, I think the Bears are actually going to jump out to a lead in this one. Um, Green Bay probably takes the lead in the fourth quarter. Chicago gets the win. Hopefully I'm right. Hopefully next week we come back. We're talking about a Bears win. Aaron will join me back next week. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. You can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at Bear Report. Go check out the website, just bearreport.com. 
We're rolling out our all-decade team drop offense on Wednesday. Defense is coming on Thursday. Special teams, head coach on Friday. Got a couple more things here to end the decade and um, during the uh, rest of the season. Then we'll hit our off-season stuff. Make sure you give this podcast a rating and review on all major podcasting platforms. And until next week, we will talk to you. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code, program.